and welcome to the Voice of Healthcare podcast. I am your host, Matt Sabolsky. I am joined today by my co-host, Reed McClellan. I founded a consulting firm called Ionia Healthcare Consulting. We strategize and work closely with firms that focus on AI, voice first, and other digital health means, including fintech. Reed, say hello and tell them what you do. Hi, Matt. Great to be here with you today. I'm the CEO and founder of Cortina Health, a healthcare technology company that focuses on restoring the care in healthcare. We have an end-to-end skincare solution that leverages our proprietary artificial intelligence. Reed, always good to have you on. For those listening, Reed and I have known each other over 30 years now. It's always a pleasure to be in his presence. Today, we have a special, special guest from a company called R0, Grant Morgan, CEO and co-founder of R0. Uh, He's got something special to share today. It is apropos. He's had a great year. Uh, This is all about disinfection and maybe more to the story than that. Um, which is really about getting out of our way in order to be together again. Grant, welcome to the Voice of Healthcare podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Really happy to be here. Grant, tell us a little bit about R0, but first tell us about yourself, how you got started, and where you are currently with the product. Yeah, uh, so so about me personally, I, I'm a mechanical engineer by training and, and by nature and um, started my career actually in the uh, healthcare space, specifically manufacturing medical devices. And um, I worked for a company called Abbott uh, for a number of years, uh, cut my teeth there, got to work in a number of different divisions and roles, uh, great experience, learned a lot, met a lot of great people, um, and eventually jumped to a smaller medical device startup uh, where I got to stand up and lead the neurovascular stream. Um, and so, you know, we would basically design, develop, manufacture permanent surgical implantables or, 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 um, medical devices for neurovascular applications and, uh, and scale them up, take them through, you know, FDA, uh, approvals and, uh, and then get them to full scale manufacturing and, uh, and, uh, then do it all over again. So, um, after my, uh, career in healthcare, uh, sort of, uh, shifted to tech. And so I jumped over and joined the founding team of a company called iCracked, uh, and we did on-demand technical services. And so basically, if you, uh, you know, broke your phone or wanted your, uh, your smart home set up, uh, we had a network of a uh, couple thousand uh, independently contracted te- technicians all over the United States and in Europe. And uh, we would send somebody out to you to perform that service uh, on site. And so uh, I led the product and engineering teams there uh, for a number of years. We were acquired by Allstate uh, about a year and a half ago. And, um, and then I spent some time getting the ship to port left, uh, started at another company and then kind of fast forward to, um, to the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, that's when R0 was born and, and, uh, you know, R0 fundamentally is a biosafety company. So we exist to reduce the spread of infectious disease in commercial spaces. So you can think of it as like all the places that we haven't been allowed to go in the last year, uh, we are, are helping them reopen uh, with with a new standard for disinfection and a new standard standard for the hygiene of these spaces where we spend so much of our time. So um, we're really uh, adapting hospital grade technology and, and democratizing access uh, for for schools, for commercial office space, for professional sports teams, for restaurants, hotels, and everything in between. So um, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and the in the company. 
That's wonderful. Let me ask you this quick question, and then Reed's got a follow-up. Uh, why is UVC the MVP of what you're doing at R0? That's a great question. Uh, so, you know, when we when we started the company, we 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 studied what hospitals do, and and one of the things we learned, um, and especially from the best in breed hospitals, is part of their infection control programs uh, includes uh, UVC uh, when they do terminal patient cl- uh, patient room cleaning, and so. Um, UVC turns out has been around for over a hundred years. In fact, the 1903 Nobel Prize for Medicine was actually awarded to Niels Finson for um, the the use of UVC to treat lupus. And since then, it's been used in you know wastewater treatment applications since the 1910s. It's been used in air and surface disinfection since the 30s and 40s. Um, and there's there's a century of of scientific precedent uh, proving the germicidal efficacy of UVC. Um, and, you know, until, till now it hasn't really proliferated its way out into, uh, commercial spaces for various different reasons, but, um, you know, it's, it's a known entity. Uh, the science is very, very well established and rock solid. And, um, and, you know, we realized that there was an opportunity to bring this technology that we know works, uh, into spaces where, uh, it hadn't been used before. So that's kind of the primary reason, uh, that we, we ended up choosing UVC. Now, I know that UVC is a great germicide, but does it actually kill the coronavirus, COVID-19? Yes. Uh, Short answer is yes, absolutely. So UVC will inactivate any kind of virus, bacteria, mold, and fungi. Um, So it's it's very versatile. And in fact, there are no known UVC-resistant microorganisms on the planet. Um, And so it, it absolutely kills covid um, and uh, actually, COVID's relatively easy to kill uh, because of the structure and, and the makeup of the, of the um, individual um, microbes themselves. So uh, there's a lot of, of studies coming out right now uh, proving the germicidal efficacy of UVC in various different uh, mediums or formats. So, you know, uh, aerosolized uh, COVID, um, you know, surface-borne COVID um, and, and other, other types, but uh, absolutely unequivocally, yes. So let me ask you this question in response to Reed's. Um, you took a risk starting a company. You take a risk starting any company. Um, the timing was right. COVID was doing the marketing for you, wasn't it? And now the future of R0 with respiratory illnesses has to be strong. What are you seeing longitudinally as far as R0 sales and growth is concerned? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, one of the one of the observations early on during the pandemic was, you know, not only do uh, do we have this this incredible challenge in fighting this truly unprecedented pandemic at a global scale, but um, but one of the, the the theses that we built the business around is is uh, one that that involves this idea that there's going to be lingering psychological scar tissue in the eyes and the minds of the public, and um, that coming out of COVID. We're going to have a renewed appreciation and a renewed focus on the hygiene of um, the everyday spaces where we spend our time. And um, as we dug in more and started to learn more about uh, about the space uh, and and you know dig into the data a little bit more, um, you know we we realized how huge this opportunity is. So you know COVID was was the catalyst, but um, the problem is much bigger than that. So for example. Uh, about 40 million Americans get the seasonal flu every year, and somehow we've just accepted that that's normal. Um, we have a vaccine. Um, you know, a lot of people get it, um, 
and it's, the flu is still incredibly common. And that, and that drains, um, by some estimations, 10 to $20 billion uh, on, on the U.S. economy every, every year. Um, and that doesn't include the uh, seasonal cold, which the average American gets three times a year. Um, that doesn't include E. coli, norovirus, staph, all of these different pathogens that are endemic to our customer spaces. Um, and so, you know, we really are trying to come out of COVID and establish this new standard for infection prevention and, and really, you know, improve the, the quality adjusted life years of, um, of everybody that inhabits uh, these different spaces. I mean, that's incredible. 10 to $20 billion lost annually on the flu alone. So um, as an owner of a small business myself, one of my biggest issues is returning to the office and having my employees safely return to the office. We can, of course, do temperature checks and the like, but what does R0 offer uh, customers in regards, because my employees want to know that they are truly safe coming back from the work from home environment. Absolutely. So, you know, there is no silver bullet. Um, and uh, it, it really takes a layered approach. And so, you know, we we leverage a lot of the science that's it's published by the reputable bodies like, you know, the CDC, the World Health Organization and, and, and uh, the like. But, um, but really, you know, what R0 offers uh, is uh, a couple of different things. So number one, we offer hospital grade UVC uh, for for these employers at, at a very, very affordable price. It's a fraction of uh, the price of what's typically sold into hospitals, um, but you get the same or higher efficacy as those devices. Um, so the way our device works is essentially you wheel it into a room, um, you set a timer and hit go. And a typical cycle is anywhere from three to seven minutes. Smaller rooms like bathrooms are closer to three minutes. And, um, and uh, larger rooms like a kitchen or a cafeteria uh, would be closer to that seven-minute uh, uh, time frame. And so um, what we do, though, is not just disinfect uh, all of the different surfaces in the air within that room when we run a cycle. But what's unique about our products is it actually generates data uh, about its usage and transmits that to our cloud offering where we can then report on it in a dashboard to our customers. And so all of our devices have LTE and Bluetooth, which is the mechanism by which they transmit that data. Um, but what that does is sort of makes this historically invisible process visible now for the first time. So, you know, before COVID, uh, you don't really know what your janitorial staff does when they come in at night. You don't know if they did it adequately. Um, but now with, with our device and with the devices that we're going to be coming out with in the future, um, we actually can tell you definitively uh, with data where the device was run, how long it was run for, when it was run, um, so that not only can you ensure compliance and that you know everything was done according to protocol, but what's been really interesting that we've seen our customers start doing is sharing that data with their stakeholders, their employees, their their students, their their staff, whatever, um, to articulate that look, uh, hospital grade UVC is being used in your space, and we're we as an employer are going above and beyond um, to ensure that you have the safest environment to return to. Um, so you know that's primarily. Um, that, that's the primary sort of value prop right now. Uh, the other thing we do is uh, we'll take a look at your protocols and make suggestions. Um, and, you know, we leverage the expertise of our chief scientist, Dr. Richard Wade, who was the head of OSHA for over a decade. He's taught at Harvard and Oxford. Um, he's truly a, a world-renowned expert in 
um, in this kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, we can, we can sit down with our partners, our customers, and we can say, all right, here's how you use Arc, our, our current product, but also let's take a look at everything else you're doing and make sure that you have an adequate layered approach, uh, to really reduce risk as much as possible and help people, um, you know, feel safe about, uh, coming back. Yeah. So that's great. So with UVC for, uh, some of our listeners who may not know, exactly what this is. Is this strictly a light source? Uh, is there also a solution that's being uh, sprayed out into the air? And um, how do you know that the technology, like the different computers and the like that are in the office are, are safe when things are being uh, cleaned? That's a great question. So I'll, I'll hit the first point first. Um, so one of the primary advantages of UVC is, is how eco-friendly it is. So you know, the traditional method of disinfecting is you you take a solution that's generally bleach-based, hydrogen peroxide-based, um, and you spray it. Uh, you spray it around your space and you wipe down these different surfaces. Um, and that can be problematic in a number of different ways. Um, there are a number of studies that show uh, a direct correlation between the occupational exposure to these chemicals and respiratory illnesses like asthma or COPD, which happens to be one of the leading causes of death in the United States. And and so, you know, intuitively, you know, bleach kills microorganisms. So intuitively uh, inhaling it or, or putting it on your skin or, or, or being exposed to it is not, not good either. Um, that's, you know, what's been concerning in particular is, is you see these, uh, these, you know, electrostatic sprayers and these types of different applicators um, that are specifically designed to aerosolize uh, the chemicals that they're actually spraying. And, um, that helps those chemicals linger in the air and makes humans more, more prone to respiratory exposure um, and, and those different respiratory problems uh, that result from it. And so, um, you know, we, we think that, uh, you know, light, uh, not just being food friendly and eco friendly is a much better way to disinfect uh, than, than your traditional chemicals. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really, um, we're really trying to uh, help our customers understand that, look, you, you don't have to always use bleach or, or hydrogen peroxide. You can you know, follow CDC recommendations and uh, in some cases use soap and water plus, uh, plus ARC and do this more efficiently and effectively. The other thing I'll touch on with, the, with, with regards to chemical exposure is uh, depending on the environment, uh, chemicals may not be uh, you know, they may be even more harmful than, uh, than just, you know, someone walking in and inhaling them. For example, we work a lot with schools and especially schools that have, you know, uh, preschool or, or kindergarten where, uh, these children are touching all of these different objects and potentially putting them in their mouths and, uh, and being exposed to these chemicals. And so, um, you know, we, we also have, you know, middle school, high schools that, can't use chemicals around the band instruments or the um, the lab equipment, for example. Um, and so they really love the idea that you know our our device uses just light. Um, now to your your last point, how do we know that everything's safe? So first and foremost, we will help you understand uh, how to use the device safely and effectively within your space, and that includes exposure of of sensitive materials to uh, to UVC. Now. UVC uh, and really any kind of light uh, subjects any material to some degree of photodegradation, which is basically, uh, it can cause fading, it can make uh, uh, these different materials more brittle. But you know the, the, the real life example that's super tangible for people is if you leave a piece of furniture uh, or, or like a plastic toy out in the sun for an entire summer, it's going to fade a little bit. Um, now with the UVC that we're putting out 
um, first and foremost, uh, you're, you're, you're exposing uh, the surfaces in the different materials in your room to very, very low dosages of UVC. So it's plenty enough to inactivate microorganisms um, that are very, very tiny and fragile, um, but it's it's not nearly enough to, to produce a meaningful uh, photodegradation of the materials themselves. And so um, there are there are things uh, where, you know, we'll help you identify if there are super sensitive materials. Like if you have an oil painting on your on your wall that's not uh, covered by glass or whatever, we can help you understand like, hey, you probably need to cover that. Um, uh, but um, it's it's pretty few and far between and, and the vast, vast majority of, of uh, materials are, are gonna be fine even with you know years of co consistent usage of our device. So Grant, um, good detail on the product. We've talked a little bit about the momentum that you're succeeding with. You're a little over a year in. COVID rages on, the future's looking bright. Let's rewind this. Let's uh, take the Doc Brown approach to the DeLorean for a second. Tell me about <laughs> your, uh, for lack of a better term and, and headed towards a pun here, what was your lights on aha moment with R0 where you were sitting around the fire with some bros and all of a sudden somebody goes, hey, you know, um, UVC, we should figure out how to democratize that and get into hospital rooms and build a business. What do you think, Grant? Tell us about that moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's I I I'll, I'll describe it. I'll tell you the story, but I, I would maybe describe it as like the inverse of a lights on moment. Um, and I'll I'll explain when I get there. <laughs> okay. But but um, you know, the first uh, the first sort of uh, the, you know call I got was from my co-founder Ben Boyer, who's been a venture capitalist for twenty plus years. Founded uh, his own venture capital firm, you know, with with uh, you know a couple billion dollars under management. Um, and has had has built a really successful career. He was on my board at iCracked, um, which is where I got to uh, know him a little bit better. Uh, built a good working relationship with him. Always someone I really looked up to. Wanted to figure out how to work with in the future. Um, highly, highly respected. Um, but never thought I'd be working with him in this capacity where he's operating a business with us. Uh, always thought that you know I'd be lucky enough to. Uh, have an opportunity to have him invest in something I'm doing. So when he picked up the phone and called me, the original idea for the company was actually like, you know, we kind of talked about it as like I cracked for disinfection, where we would have this network of independently contracted technicians. We would equip them with specialized, um, uh, uh, you know, technology, and they would go out and perform a differentiated service that's above and beyond what a normal custodial or janitorial staff would would typically do. Um, and so when we started looking into what technology we want to equip them with. Um, that's along the same uh, timeline that we discovered UVC. And we, we thought, you know, this is the technology. This is it. It's perfect. And what we found was in hospitals, um, these UVC devices that have, uh, you know, the high proven efficacy are sold for anywhere from like 60 to $125,000 a piece. And so we, um, you know, we actually thought our idea was dead in the water at that point. And uh, me being a mechanical engineer, um, and, uh, I call myself an engineer. I, I love taking things apart and figuring <laughs> out how they work and whatnot. I, um, I looked at these things. I'm like, they're light bulbs on wheels with timers. Like they can't be that expensive. There's nothing super complicated or complex about these things. So, um, I ended up sort of reverse engineering, uh, what these things do and what the components are within them and figuring out that, Hey, we can build these things for much, much less money than what they're sold to hospitals for. And, um, and so I called Ben back up and I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but we're building lights. And he said, you are crazy, but I'm in. 
And, um, and what I mean by like the, the inverse, like lights on moment, um, I, I, like probably the first month or two of starting this business, you know, we quit our other jobs and like started, you know, we're all in, but for the first like, month is, or two, that is a special kind of crazy, but it's also yeah. a special kind of confidence, which I think the combo you need to go where you're headed. So keep going. This is great. Yeah. I won't comment on what percent crazy, what percent com- confidence uh, you can draw your own conclusions there. But my, uh, <laughs> so for the first month or two, we just kept waiting for the shoe to drop. Like we thought we were missing something. We're like, it, this can't be the case. And, um, and the deeper we dug, the more layers we pulled back and the further along we got in the product development process, the more we realized that like, look, this is, this is just a huge opportunity that hasn't been leveraged before for, for whatever reasons. And we have, we have our, our theories, but, um, but fundamentally it, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily a light bulb moment. It was more like something, we're going to learn something and realize we made a terrible decision a couple months ago. Um, but uh, that shoe never dropped. And in fact, one of the things I, I I've said recently to my co-founders was, look, if if I knew two years ago what I know today about this space and about this um, this industry, I would absolutely still start this company uh, because of how much opportunity there is independent of COVID. Um, so you know I am uh, you know grateful in 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 one small sense that you know we we did have the motivation to start this where you know we we basically decided like we we wouldn't be able to look at ourselves in the mirror in a year or two from now knowing we didn't do something to help and so that's where the quote unquote confidence came from it was really just this urge to jump in and and do something different but uh, like i said we just kept digging deeper realizing how big the opportunity was and and eventually what uh, and, and maybe I'll answer more more specifically what the actual light bulb moment was. But you know, we started taking a step back and kind of whiteboarding like what should disinfection look like in 2020 and beyond. And um, and we had this observation that you know traditionally the industry is dominated by huge players like you know Clorox, Ecolab, Diversity, SC Johnson, all the way down the list. Phenomenal companies, phenomenal brands. Um, you know, they they've been around for hundreds of years you know, uh, don't want to say anything bad about them, but if you look at their capability capabilities, fundamentally they are commodity chemical manufacturers and they don't really have technology and innovation in their DNA. And, uh, we do. Um, and so we started thinking about, you know, the opportunities to inject, you know, what we know, um, and what we've built careers around, uh, into this industry to, to do this more efficiently and effective, effectively than, uh, than we've ever done it before. And, and to us, what it looks like in 2020 and beyond, uh, what this industry looks like is a lot more IOT connected hardware to collect data about what's happening in a given space. Um, a lot more data and data science, uh, to derive actionable insights about what's happening in the space and a lot more software, uh, to feed those actionable insights back to our customers to automate workflows and to um, and and to help our customers, you know, save money by you know reducing labor costs, reducing chemical consumption, um, and and getting people back in their doors faster. Um, so that's kind of that that was kind of the light bulb moment when we re- when we had that realization, and then we started having some sales conversations. And we actually this is a fun fun uh, kind of story, I guess. But we we actually t- our first sales conversation we took a prototype, um, which by the way we named it Hope, and uh, that. You know, that was her first name, but her full name was Hope This Works. Um, and so we took it into a sales That's conversation. Great. Yeah. And we we didn't have a website. 
we didn't have a, a finished product that we had launched. We didn't have really anything other than a couple of guys, a good story and a prototype that worked really well. And, um, and in that first conversation, we got a PO. And so that was kind of the point where we realized like, holy smokes, I think we're really onto something here. And, um, and, and that's, you know, proven true, you know, the, the deeper we've gotten and the, the further along we've gotten. So Graham, we're coming to the end of the show. And something I like to do with our guests is give them sort of like this last moment. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tee you up for it. And the question goes like this, if nobody heard anything else that we recorded today in this conversation, um, and you were sending someone a small bite of your voice and a take, whether it be a client, a customer, someone who's entrepreneurial in nature, a student, a patient, a physician in a hospital, an administrator, or a technologist, what would you want them to hear? A lot of pressure with this question. Um, So there are moments throughout history where the world changes, and this is one of them. And uh, this is certainly the the you know most impactful uh sort of scariest uh sort of global event um that has ever happened in my lifetime at least um but uh you know things have changed and i think the the owners and operators of any sort of business or physical space have a responsibility and even an obligation uh to create a healthy a healthy space for uh, the people that occupy it. And um, for the people that occupy these spaces, you, me, all your listeners, um, we should demand that the uh, the places where we spend our time work, um, our favorite restaurants, uh, the hotels that we stay at when we travel, um, the schools that our children go to, we should demand that they have a higher standard for, um, for health and safety. Uh, the tools and the technologies exist today um, so it's not a matter of capability. It's just a matter of, of, of desire and focus. And, you know, we want to make sure that, um, that, you know, all of these different employers um, who, who now have this new responsibility um, can take a new, establish this new posture towards biosafety um, and, and create these safer environments for, for their customers and their, and their patrons. And, um, and then the last point being, you know, this technology and these tools um, you know, they, they, they haven't evolved over time. Um, although the pathogens that we're fighting have evolved over time. Um, and so it's time for a new standard. It's time for more technology, more innovation, uh, in, in a better, um, sort of outcome for everybody. Uh, we don't have to get sick. Uh, you know, 40 million Americans don't have to get sick with the flu every year. Um, you, you, average American doesn't have to get the cold three times a year. Um, we can do better than we have been. And, uh, we're here to usher in that change. Grant Morgan of R0, on behalf of myself and Reed, thank you for joining the Voice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you for having me. It was was an absolute blast. This has been the Voice of Healthcare podcast. We'll see you next time. 